You're listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening persecuted Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or about the World Watch List, please visit our website at www.opendoorsca.org. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast from Open Doors Canada. My name is Jared, and I just returned from a vacation, which means that over the past week, I have not been paying attention to the events that are headlining a lot of global news right now. Perhaps you can tell us a little bit more than I can about the Olympics, Andrew. Absolutely. I mean, I love the Olympics. I, I've been paying very close attention. It's been a wonderful Olympics so far, uh, even with all the all the stuff happening. Uh, it's been a great Olympics for Canadians. We've seen some amazing stuff. Uh, but today we want to talk a bit about some things that have happened at the Olympics uh, that don't involve Canadians. As As we all know, the Olympics is a worldwide games. It has hundreds of countries participating and uh many of those countries come from the world watch list in fact jared there are 49 of the 50 countries on the world watch list are participating in the olympics this year do you know which country is not participating oh uh one country on the world watch list is not participating um, you know, my first thought is that it would be a country that's pretty closed off, uh, like North Korea comes to mind, uh, but they usually have athletes. Um, my guess is it would be a really small country, like with a very low population. Um, we talked about Comoros a couple of weeks ago. Would it be Comoros? It is not Comoros. It is, in fact, North Korea. North Korea has pulled oh. out of these games, citing COVID-19 as the issue, whether oh. that's the case or not. I had knows, no idea. But, so there are no North Korean a- uh, athletes at this uh, Olympic Games, but there are athletes from the other 49 countries in the world watch list, whether they send one or two or a whole contingent of athletes. Uh, it, it is a, an opportunity to see the world come together, but it does remind us that many countries around the world have poor records when it comes to human rights or uh, religious freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to highlight some athletes who are participating in these games from some of the countries on the world watch list, talk a bit about their stories, and then share a bit about what is happening in that country when it comes to the persecution of Christians. It's worth mentioning at the outset that we're going to talk about athletes who have uh, worked really hard their entire lives to get to this point. And and we don't want to diminish that at all. Uh, We don't want to take what is a heartwarming moment on the world stage and and try to make it negative or anything like that. It's just an opportunity to recognize that a lot of countries in the world, um, on the world watch list or not, use the Olympics as a chance to, uh, you know, put put their best look forward. and. It's just important to remember the human rights abuses that a lot of our brothers and sisters are still facing behind the scenes. It's not meant to diminish the achievements of these athletes or or make them out to be, um, you know, inherently 
monstrous people simply because they come from a particular country by any means. We just want to remember the the situation that Christians are facing. Yeah, and in fact, we are actually going to highlight them for the positive things that they've yeah. done. Now, re- reminding us that we are all humans, uh, and even if we come from a country that has issues, it doesn't make us a monster. It, it makes us a human. Yeah. And uh and so let's let's dive right in. One of the one of the moments that I I remember, it wasn't such a viral moment, but I was watching a lot of the the swimming. The CBC was showing it a lot because the Canadian women uh did great in swimming, won a bunch of medals. Uh but there was a a, a men's race, 400 meter race, and you know they they announce all of the athletes before the race and there's no Canadian in it so I'm like who am I going to cheer for and uh one of them is from Tunisia and I'm like oh, I'm going to cheer for him cuz when do you ever see a Tunisian swimmer his name was Ahmed Half Nawi which I'm sure I've butchered his last name and I apologize to him but uh he uh, was one of the eight men in the finals, but he qualified with the slowest time. And so no one expected him to win. He was in an outside lane and in swimming. If you watch it in the Olympics, you know, the winners are generally in lanes three, four, five, six, but he was out in lane eight. So no one was thinking about him. He wasn't a favorite and the race goes out and he guts out and he's out there pretty fast. I'm like, Oh man, the Tunisian swimmer is actually doing well. And he just keeps going and he keeps going. And, and you know, the announcers are thinking that, oh, you know, eventually someone's going to catch up to him. But it just never happens. And he touches first and he wins gold. And he turns to look at the board. And the reaction when he realized that he had won a gold medal was just so awesome. It's like this 18-year-old kid, so excited to have won gold for his country at the Olympics. And, and it just stood out to me. And and uh and being from tunisia tunisia is one of those countries on the world watch list jared yeah tunisia is uh i believe number 26 on the world watch list and it's nestled there in north africa uh and it's a it's a majority muslim nation like many north african countries and in the past year tunisia has actually risen on the world watch list a couple spots and and we actually talked about this uh, a few months ago on the podcast but it's worth revisiting violence is increasing in tunisia uh, and christians are facing more and more violent attacks and churches are uh, have been attacked a few more times this past year but in addition to the violence pressure continues on both a community level as well as a government level and christians especially those who convert from islam find themselves uh, potentially expelled from the family. They might be pushed out of social circles, uh, rejected in the community. And so it's a very isolating feeling. And many Christians in Tunisia have the feeling that they're the only believers there. They, they might feel that there, there is no community for them. And, and, and what we want to do today is remember those believers in Tunisia that don't feel like they have a family where they are. They don't feel like they have a network of, of support. And we want to remember them and pray that they will feel that they have a family around the world, that they are part of a faith that, that is a global faith, and that they have family members uh, in Canada and in churches around the world. So what I'm going to do is just quickly pray for the Tunisian church, uh, and particularly for a feeling of, uh, of community, um, that they would be able to, to find that where they are. And 
Uh, it's also worth mentioning, actually, that right now Tunisian Christians are specifically uh, asking for prayer for peace in the midst of political upheaval. Uh, and so perhaps uh, with, with political change, there might come change in religious freedom and, and uh, positive change for our persecuted family. So let me uh, take a moment and pray here for Tunisia. Lord God, uh, you know our Tunisian brothers and sisters so intimately, uh, and even when they feel alone and they feel isolated, uh, you know the hairs on their head, you know their names and their stories, you see them and you hear them. Lord, we pray that you would bless our brothers and sisters there uh, with a feeling of togetherness, whether it's comfort from your spirit uh, or, or community with other believers. Lord, we know that some Christians have utilized social media and the internet to connect with one another. We pray that that would uh, be a tool that can be used within the church. We pray that you would grant them peace and comfort in the midst of political upheaval. And that uh, just as it uh, rose a couple spots on the world watch list this year, Lord, we pray that perhaps it would fall a couple spots next year and that we would see uh, the results of sustainable change within Tunisia. We pray that your hand would be on the church there, that they would be protected and Lord, that, uh, that you would continue to build your church there in North Africa. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The next Olympic story that I want to share, Jared, comes from the men's high jump final. Uh, there was a video that was shared, and it is by far my favorite video I've seen from the Olympics so far. But the Olympic men's high jump came down to uh, two athletes who had tied. Uh, and they had, they had run out of chances and an official comes to these two athletes. And, and so one is from Qatar, Mutaz Essa Barshim. And the other is, uh, Italian from Gianmarco Tamberi. And, and the official comes to them and says, uh, you guys are tied. Uh, we could have a jump off. And, and, uh, Barshim, the, the Qatari athlete says, can we have two golds? And, and the official's like, it's, it's possible, but, and, and he says, but you don't hear what else he says. Immediately, uh, Barshim turns to his, uh, his friend, his competitor, but also friends, cause they can, they've competed with each other for 10 years. And he's like, kind of opens his arms, trying to tell him it. And, and the Italian guy reaches in, they shake hands. And then the Italian guy just jumps on on uh, the the athlete from Qatar and they're just they just start cheering and shouting because they both won a gold medal and it's just so heartwarming and, and so amazing it's really it was a really cool moment I believe that was like Qatar's second gold medal ever at the Olympic Games uh, and so a really cool moment and Qatar is a, a country also that's on the world watch this Jared and it's a country we're probably going to hear a lot about in, in the coming year because. Uh, the 2022 World Cup is being hosted by Qatar. Yeah, that's right. So we'll definitely be hearing more and more about it uh, in, in the months to come. And right now it's number 29 on the world watch list. And uh, similar to Tunisia, it's a very tiny country nestled in with some, some more major global players. Uh, it's in the Middle East. Christians are under a lot of pressure in Qatar. And uh, you know, situations in, in countries are, are different from nation to nation. And in Qatar, the most freedom is enjoyed actually by foreigners who live in Qatar. Uh, they are afforded a little more opportunity to practice their faith. But, but for a Qatari national, to be Qatari is to be Muslim. And so if, uh, if someone converts, it's seen as a, as a rejection of their nationality. 
And so the result is Christians who are forced to be completely quiet about their faith. They can't evangelize. They can't talk about it. Otherwise, they'll face, uh, once again, rejection from their families, rejection from community circles, uh, not to mention uh, restrictions from the government. And so, uh, like I say, there's a little more freedom there for, for immigrant workers and, and for foreigners. Uh, but, but in general, to be in Qatar uh, is to be Muslim. Uh, violence is not uh, as big of a player in Qatar, and it's almost more of a, a silent persecution in the sense of you, you don't hear about violent acts or, or church burnings or anything like that, but you hear about just pressure, constant pressure on the lives of Christians uh, who are forced to be silent about their faith. And that can be difficult in its own way, even if there's no violent acts. And so uh, we'll pray for Qatari Christians uh, right now, and we're going to pray that they will be given protection in uh, hard times, and also that those who have a little bit more freedom, the foreigners who live in Qatar, uh, would be able to use that to share their faith. So let's pray now. Uh, Lord, we think of the church in Qatar and the difficulties that they are facing. We pray for those who have chosen to follow you and cannot share about it and cannot talk about their faith uh, because of the restrictions that they will face and because of the uh, the pressure that they'll face from their families and from their communities and social circles. Lord, we pray that you would give them comfort in the midst of uh, their fear. Lord, we pray that they would be strengthened, and that there would be opportunities for them to grow in their faith uh, through secret gatherings uh, and through, through connections with other believers, Lord, that there would be disciples in the church and uh, that those would disciple more and that through that the church would grow. Lord, we pray that those who are afforded a little more freedom would be able to take that and uh, speak about their faith when they are able, that uh, other, other Qatari individuals would be able to see the differences in the lives of, uh, of your children. We pray that your Holy Spirit, God, would work in Qatar in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, the last uh, Olympic story I want to talk about comes from the refugee Olympic team. Now, many of our listeners may not even know there is a refugee Olympic team. I know, Jared, when I mentioned to, to you before the podcast, you were like, I didn't know that existed. I did not know. Uh, but there is a refugee Olympic team uh, made up of refugees competing under the Olympic flag because they've obviously had to you know, flee their country and, and don't have citizenship in another country yet. And so it's... Uh, it's a pretty incredible story just in and of itself. There's 29 refugees con competing. And of those 29 refugees, a significant number of them, the majority of them, are from countries that have fl fled from countries that are on the world watch list. And so it is uh, an interesting story and an interesting storyline. But I do want to talk about one athlete really quickly from there. And her name is, is Kamiya Ali Zadeh. Uh, she is was born in Iran in the Rio Olympics in 2016. She competed for uh, Iran in Taekwondo, winning a bronze medal, the first medal ever won by an Iranian woman at the Olympics. But this year, she's competing uh, for the refugee Olympic team because she has fled the country, citing the that millions of women are being oppressed hmm. in Iran. And, uh, and so she's, uh, she's kind of taken that stand. And uh, at this Olympics, uh, she actually fought against, in Taekwondo, fought against 
an athlete from Iran and was able to win that. And so there's that whole storyline of refugee from Iran fighting a, a, a person from Iran and winning. And, and so it's kind of one of those, it's going to be one of those kind of buzz stories from the Olympics. But uh, it's just interesting to, to think about what is happening to many people, including women in Iran. Uh, and we do know that Iran is very high on the world watch list. Yeah, Iran is number eight on the world watch list to be specific. And so uh, obviously very, very high. It's listed as extreme persecution. Uh, and like Qatar and Tunisia, which we've discussed, it's a Muslim nation. And people who convert to Christianity are actually seen as undermining the Islamic rule of Iran. And so Christianity is actually viewed as, uh, it's viewed as a Western threat to Islamic governance, which is kind of ironic because Iran is actually home to one of the fastest growing Christian churches in the world. Um, and so considering it a, a Western faith is, is somewhat ironic there. But, uh, but the fact is, is that Christians who convert from Islam are seen as uh, a tantamount to traitors against their government. And we've talked about Iran quite a bit, both on the podcast as well as uh, the blog and other Open Doors resources. Uh, so I won't go into too much detail about that. But it's, uh, it's actually illustrated quite well in a story that just came out in the last couple of weeks. And I'll touch on that. And it's about a, a Christian convert from Iran whose name is Hamed Ashuri. And he was arrested. Uh, he was arrested a couple of years ago now in 2019. His sentence was delayed uh, until now because of the pandemic. Uh, but he was arrested because of, and, and I quote, propaganda against the Islamic Republic. And that means that he had Christian resources. Uh, he, he had Christian resources on his computer as well as books and literature. And when he was arrested, that was all confiscated and he was taken into custody and he was told that he had to attend uh, re-education classes with an Islamic cleric. Uh, but he was told he could go free. His freedom was, was given to him if he would agree to be an informant on other Iranian Christians. And, and he refused to do that. And so after his appeal was rejected, uh, he was sentenced to 10 months in prison, which he started just last week uh, as we recorded the podcast, the end of July. So he's just begun his sentence. And that's just one example of many prisoners in Iran who are, uh, who are facing sentences because of their faith. And so now when we pray for believers in Iran, we want to remember those who are in jail because they are seen as, uh, as traitors against the, the government of Iran just because they choose to follow Jesus. So let's uh, pray for them right now. Lord, we think of Hamed and, and other believers in Iran who have chosen to go to jail rather than give up their faith in you. We pray that as he uh, sits alone in his prison cell for the next number of months, that you would be with him. We pray that you would bring to mind Bible verses, bring to mind songs and hymns, bring to mind words that uh, perhaps he's, he's heard his brothers and sisters say to him, words of encouragement, uh, Lord, we pray that he would feel the presence of your spirit in a deep and beautiful way. Uh, and we pray that for all those who are uh, seeking to live as Christians in the midst of, of this nation, those who have maybe kept their faith hidden, those who have undergone persecution because of their faith. Lord, would you protect them and care for them? Uh, we know that where just two or three are gathered in your name, you are there with them. And so we pray that uh, the church in Iran would continue to grow even uh, even more than it already is, uh, and that your children would be 
uh, part of a mighty movement in this nation uh, where, where persecution is so extreme. We are excited to see what you will do in the nation of our own Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you, you enjoyed our little Olympic episode. I do want to encourage you, if you are watching the Olympics over the next week, uh, every time you see a country, uh, an athlete from a country on the world watches, just take a moment and pray for that country and pray for the brothers, our brothers and sisters in that country, uh, believing that God would strengthen his church. Thanks again for listening. Please, we'd love for you to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, and we will see you next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of World Watch Weekly from Open Doors Canada. For more information on how to pray for our persecuted family, please visit our website, www.opendoorsca.org. Click Get Involved, and then click Prayer. Prayer.